name is Steve Kramer, your host for the very first CityServe Network video podcast. There may be some listening to this podcast and you have no idea what CityServe is. CityServe is a collaborative network of churches and community leaders connected to overcome brokenness. We're blessed to have some very special guests with us here today in the CityServe studio. We have Wendell Vincent, co-founder of CityServe. And Wendell, you'll also be uh, my host, my co-host for this podcast, so that's great. We also have Jen Watts, who is the executive pastor of Church Ministries at Canyon Hills, and she brings a wealth of experience over 20 years of releasing and coaching ministry leaders into community engagement, and uh, you know how to mobilize, I know that. Um, we're happy to have you here with us today. And then Rich Shepherd, your wife Vanessa, your two boys, you pastor a church in Slow, they call it, San yep. Luis Obispo. That's right. So, uh, man, what an exciting time to launch a podcast, huh? We were just talking this last week that uh, these are really unique times. And uh, I want to quote somebody today, famous theologian, <laughs> Mike Tyson. Uh -oh. Everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. Everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. I don't know if he's <laughs> much of a theologian. <laughs> you know, he actually just came out of retirement. That's right. So... Uh, and how's your uppercut, Wendell? Is it strong, <laughs> really strong. <laughs> Wait for that news to come across the, uh, yeah, come across the news. So uh, today we're going to be talking about how to engage your church in uh, in re reaching community effectively. So I want to ask you today. Um, I think the challenge is that many many uh, many people feel a little bit paralyzed by the season we're in, this pandemic, because they feel like they've been punched in the face. And they're stunned, and they don't know what to do. Some say we need to pivot. They don't know how to do. Where do we pivot to? Yeah. So let me ask you about that. Um, being punched in the face as a, as a local church leader, um, how should we be responding in this time of crisis? I think that's a great that's a great quote and a great analogy because that's what it feels like for mm -hmm. pastors right now. Sure. That uh, we've we've been punched in the face with this pandemic. It's interesting. Uh, all of us came into 2020 with, I, I think about all the sermon series at the first of the year that were about having clear vision and 2020 vision and knowing what this year was going to be all about. And then we all got a punch in the face yeah. for sure. And we can feel stunned by that. And it can bring paralysis uh, if we're not careful. Mm -hmm. And I, I think the greatest challenge right now, you know, nothing is more important when you're punched than to come back with a good counterpunch. Right. Right. And right. I think this is an important time mm -hmm. spiritually, mm -hmm. not to just walk around stunned by it all, but to really shake ourselves and to come back with a good counterpunch. And I'm talking about the spiritual. Yeah, Ephesians sure. 6 says mm -hmm. that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, mm -hmm. but against spiritual power. And we are people who are to fight our battles mm -hmm. uh, with, you know, spiritual weapons. And so this is an important time for us as the church to to say we're going to we're going to fight our battles mm -hmm. in a spiritual way, and really not just be stunned and paralyzed by this moment. I think of um, when I think about fighting a spiritual fight. I think about how an eagle fights a rattlesnake. You know, if he's taking on a rattlesnake, he doesn't 
fight that snake on that snake's turf. That's right. Right? Because yeah. that snake yep. has an advantage. He takes that snake and grabs it and takes it really high mm -hmm. up into the sky right. where that snake can't get his bearings and he has no uh, ability to fight back. He's just kind of dangling around mm -hmm. in the air and then he just drops him. He mm -hmm. lets him go. Right? Because that's that's kind of a picture of what we have to do. I think mm -hmm. we have to say we're going to fight this fight with the spiritual weaponry that the Lord has given us. We're going to be people of God's word, people of yeah. prayer, mm -hmm. people of worship. Uh, we're going to hear from the Lord. We're going to be people that serve like the Lord's invited mm -hmm. us to serve our communities. And I think that's a super important part of where we're at right now. And I think there are two dynamics, Steve, two priorities that we want to talk about today that are so important and that's why having Rich and Jen here, I think, is such a, uh, a great contribution to our conversation today because really there are two things, two priorities right now for pastors that have taken a punch. And the first is really there's an opportunity for us to seize, yep. and then there is a challenge for us to address there's two things we have to do. There's an opportunity to seize right now in this moment, right. and there's a challenge that has to be addressed. And the opportunity to be seized is, I believe that there's never been a more opportune time than right now for the church to engage in serving their communities. Yeah. You know, we talk a lot about community engagement yep. uh, here and how that community engagement is the number one indicator of church health and church growth. There's never been a more important time, an opportune time for community engagement because people are hurting. And in our communities, people are looking for help. They're open for help. There's a, an awareness that, man, we're, we're in trouble right now. So that's a huge opportunity to be seized that I think pastors, if we miss that, if we're, if we, if we're so stunned by the hit we've all mm -hmm. taken that we're just kind of floundering, we're going to miss really maybe the moment of our lifetime. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in terms of ministry. And then this challenge to be addressed is there's really never been a more challenging moment for pastors in terms of leading our congregations. I've been pastoring the same church for 37 years. Wow. It's never been more challenging than right now mm -hmm. with regard to leading the congregation. I mean, how do we lead going forward? Because everything has changed. Right. And um, we, we don't have the same... Uh, you know, services that we've had in the past, uh, everything's changed. And there's some uh, really important things that churches need to be doing right now. And so we're going to talk about those two things, I think, today. And Rich, uh, just as it relates to this opportunity to be seized, mm -hmm. um, Slow Church is really doing it. You guys are seizing yeah. some great opportunities right now. And why don't you talk to us about community engagement, what you're learning, because we're all learning. I mean, that's the, the, the thing about the season is none of us have been here before. <laughs> no, we're all in the same boat together. So all of us are learning, all of those who are watching this podcast today, mm -hmm. we're all in that same position of being learners right now. Yeah. And what are you learning about community engagement right now? Because I think this is the opportunity yep. to be seized. Yeah, I think opportunities have shelf life. And so as opportunities come, if you're not ready, maybe if you're not even ready for it, if you don't seize it like you're saying, um, I think you could be missing out on, on a great way to let your community know that you even exist as a church. One of the biggest things we're learning in this time is, is a lot of people that don't even attend our church, that live in the city or even in the surrounding cities on the central coast, um, you become aware to them. 
I cannot tell you how many times uh, the, the, the news stations came out and did a couple really great stories. And ever since that kind of broke, and of course, social media has a way of really spreading things out, it's amazing how many people said, wow, you know, a church being active in the community and meeting needs is like something that I've never seen before. I mean, we've even had people um, in, in a form of generosity that do not attend our church, that didn't even know our church existed, uh, send in generosity to help us accomplish the mission of really just meeting needs in the, in the lives of people. So mm-hmm. it's been amazing to sit back and watch this whole idea of this thing comes and like you're saying, like it, like it just completely punches you. But yet at the same time, you're like, okay, everybody's feeling this. And so I've really seen two things happen here. I've seen people have tremendous need. Uh, we're three weeks in uh, to meeting needs every single Tuesday. And you're, doing, you're doing that through Farmers to Families. Farm, yeah, Farmers yeah. to Families. We're, we've run out of boxes three weeks in a row. I do. These I, are food boxes yeah, that 15, you're giving out. Yeah, 15 to 20 pound produce boxes that we're giving out. I didn't realize there was that big of a need in our area. You know, we're San Luis Obispo, so it's, it's pretty affluent. And in a matter of three weeks, I'm going, there is so much need that, I mean, week number two, we actually had to turn people away, which that's like, wow. you know, that's like, it's like when you go to Thanksgiving, you're not worried about running out of food. You're sending people home with food. So you, you kind of know that feeling. Then you're on the other side going, man, I had to turn 30 cars away today. Our team had to say, hey, you know what? We've ran out, but come back next week. And so seeing that there's that big of a need was unbelievable. The other side though, is we talk about community engagement, which is phenomenal, but we also talk about equipping people in our churches to to be on board with that. I've been so amazed at the volunteers of our church that I've just said, hey, we're ready to roll our sleeves up here and we're ready to serve and they can't get enough of it. I mean, we have like a list of people that we call, even if they're not called, they're still showing up to be a part of, mm-hmm. of meeting needs. So I think the awareness that it brings within your city, I think what it says to your city is, is we actually care. We're not just catered to our four walls, our services, our programs, the things that we put in place when you come to us. We're actually more concerned about us actually going to you and where you are. And even the the beauty part of it too, is we have people that come every single week that actually grab boxes to actually go and do door to door ministry with uh, the elderly, the sick, uh, people who don't have vehicles. And so I think people have begun to notice that when you meet the needs, your church becomes, um, becomes known. And then it really eventually, I think, sets up a next step of like, man, I remember this church being generous and man, I need prayer. I got something going and I know know where to go now. And so I think that's something that's really happened. Yeah, that's super powerful. So the the fact that many times churches are known more for what they're against than what they're for, you guys, as you engage in your community and serve people in need, are saying, uh, we care about you. Absolutely. And that has um, got the attention of community leaders. Yes. Many of them have been, I know your mayor's been out there serving with you. Three weeks in a row. Three weeks in a row. And a lot of people that are not Mm -hmm. have, you know, not necessarily church people that are saying, boy, these people care. Yeah. Well, that's the the gospel. That's living out the gospel. In community, and it's a powerful thing because you're you're earning the right to be heard mm-hmm. there in your city, and then even the fact that people would jump in and support you. Yeah. There are people that are supporting the church that would have never really engaged at all in that way before because they're seeing something different. Mm-hmm. 
that's moved them closer to receiving Christ if they're not yeah. believers because the kindness of the Lord. Pre-conversion yeah, and discipleship. It, it really yeah. is. It's pre-conversion discipleship because it's the kindness of the Lord yeah. right, that leads people to repentance. And that's what's happening mm-hmm. and taking place there. It's a pretty powerful thing when you're living it out. And you'd be amazed too. Like, you know, I think when you do something, I think it's natural because of the social media world that we live in, word spreads really quick. And then also too, if word spreads in that way, it spreads with the local community and news. I've been so amazed too. Like you'll just walk through the store and they're like, hey, you guys are a part of that church that's doing that. that." And we're like in a residential area. Like our church is not like, on. I mean, there's homes, 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 church. church. And so the, the cars are backing out of the parking lot around the corner onto the main street and people are going, what is this? Yeah. And it, it just, I, I think for us, the aware, I think we sometimes minimize the awareness that that can bring. You, you talked about how um, the kindness leads us, kindness, Jesus uh, seeing the multitudes and having compassion, yeah. like those things. And then uh, here you are, you're, you're putting a box in, in a car and you're making a contact with that person yeah. and, you're, and you're just smiling. I mean, even too, like we, we have a statement that we say is like, hey, see you again next Tuesday Powerful. because it's not just a one-time deal. Yeah. This is a, hey, we're gonna be here as long as you have a need. Yeah. And so that's been and special too. There are hundreds too. of people that weren't aware of, of your church mm-hmm. in your community that now they know exactly where you're at yep. and they know what you stand for. Yeah. They know that you care about community. They're even showing up after times. Yeah. Like we're, you know, we're 10 o'clock to one o'clock. They're coming at three or four. I mean, there's, there's knocks on the door like, hey, uh, you guys have any more of those boxes left? I mean, they, it's just, wow. it's amazing. Powerful. What Powerful. I love about too, it's not just a temporary patch to a problem, but it sounds like there's a real, it's a real catalyst for a cultural shift in your church. Mm-hmm. How, how do you think this is going to change things, you know, for years ahead? I mean. I think that when needs arise again, there's going to be a trusted source for them to go back to. It's mm-hmm. the same in all of our lives. You know, when we yeah. find ourselves at a place of need, and God lines something up and we know where to go. Uh, when something comes up again, hey, ah, I remember that church. Hey, mm-hmm. they, I'm gonna go to them. So I think there's that side. The other side too here is in, in trying to help your city uh, for those people that, that have a place uh, within the community and a place within the city, you become a resource to them. Mm-hmm. I think at some point too, the verbiage goes from, hey, what do you think? Because last time this happened, you guys, you guys had an answer for that. And so now here we are as a city going, hey, we're facing something else. Man, I would sure like to know what the street or what the church down the street actually thinks about this. I think the conversation will begin to switch as you do that. If you keep if you keep humble about it and you keep people the main the main deal, um, I, I think you become a place of influence within your city because you can you can sniff out agendas, uh, but when you're just saying, hey, we just want to serve and people see that, uh, I think it gives you a seat at the table to present change mm-hmm. in a city. Yeah. And, and so I think the conversation will change eventually. It does seem to me like one of the things the Lord's trying to do during this time is get the church out of mm-hmm. the salt out of the salt shaker. You know, get the, get the church out of the building and into the community. What would you say, Rich, to a pastor that has taken you know that punch in the face that yeah. Steve talked about, yeah. and is still trying to get his bearings as he goes forward about this opportunity to be seized? Yeah, I would say this is kind of what we've been waiting for. And I know that sounds like who sits at home and goes, man, I'm just, I'm ready for things to fall apart so I could do something. We've always said we're in the business of people. That's what everything's about. So if that's really what it's about, then when this opportunity comes in whichever way that it comes, 
you got to trust God enough to know that when it comes, he's going to highlight it in your life and he's going to give you the strength, the wisdom, the ability, the people, the volunteers to make this thing happen. But I'm, I'm just sitting back going like, this is like our hour. It is, yeah. We can't miss this. Um, we, we can't mess this part up. And so if we put our trust in the Lord and we're, and we're in prayer saying, God, we, we wanna be used in a way that helps people, then we can't be surprised because God, I, God says, I could work with that with the person who says, you know, I'm available. So I would say, yeah, it may feel like you've been, you know, punched around a little bit, yeah. but God's gonna sustain you. And I think God, he's gonna put something in you and you just gotta be ready for That's it. So good. So I think the Lord is trying to bring the church to place of having greater resilience yeah. right now and uh, being people who are more agile and flexible yeah. and responsive. And uh, you guys are doing that. So that's the opportunity to be seized mm. And I think that's what pastors and leaders need to be thinking. What's the opportunity to be seized? It's community engagement. Yep. And it can take all kinds of forms. Uh, Farmers to Families is a great opportunity Phenomenal. because literally hundreds of thousands of dollars of resources. Over over 100,000 pounds we've yeah, done in three weeks. Will flow wow. into your city wow. because Same. you, as a church, are willing to say, Lord, we'll be a part of that. Yep. So there's the opportunity to be seized. The other side of the equation, though, it has some complexity to it, and that is there's some challenges to be addressed because how do we pastor the church going forward? So, man, I think that your analogy of being punched in the face is so spot on. It did feel yeah. stunning at the beginning. And knowing that there were so many questions and so many things that needed to be changed at once, it could feel really paralyzing. So mm. early on, just within the first few days on our staff, our team and some key ministry leaders got together. We spent a day praying together and just putting all the questions on the table and asking the Lord how we should move forward. And by the end of the day, we came out of that meeting with four task forces that had been developed to address the needs going forward. Mm -hmm. And I think developing a strategy that's scalable, um, no matter what size church you lead, is important to have um, have a just clear agenda, yep. a clear strategy, yep. so that you are not just constantly flipping back and forth. So those four task forces for us were church services and communications, um, outreach, which Rich has talked about quite a bit, care, congregational care, and groups. We knew that outreach is important. There's definitely an opportunity in our community to reach out to people and see them come to know the Lord. Yeah. But there's also a heightened level of need within our church and in our congregation. So we wanted to be mindful of that and address that. So church services and communications, that was a key um, task force for us, um, that group needed to move all of the services online in short order. So they got to work doing that. They also were responsible for communicating with the church and making sure that um, all the changes that were being made were clearly communicated to the church. And whether your church is 10 people or 10,000 people, uh, clear communication is critical and yeah, it's key, especially out. during a time like this when mm. everything felt like it lacked clarity and was changing. So that was the first uh, task force that was launched. Um, secondly, we knew that there were some people who couldn't tune into social media or couldn't find our services online. And that's a, a large group of people in our church and in our community. And we felt like since they can't come to us and come to church, we need to go to them. And so we, um, in our congregational care task force, 
in really short order, started making calls to over 20,000 families that were connected to our church to ask mm. them, how are you doing? Yeah. Are you okay? How can we pray for you? We would pray with them over the phone. I can't tell you how many mm-hmm. testimonies we heard of just the call coming at just the right moment mm-hmm. when somebody was in need. And we began to make these calls. And um, as we called the people in the church, it was really clear that there were some of the same issues that kept coming mm-hmm. up repeatedly. And so our group's task force listened to some of these needs that kept um, bubbling up to the surface, like, my marriage is in trouble. Yeah. I'm quarantined with my yep. spouse and we are not getting along <laughs> at all. If this is trouble, we need help. Yeah. Or uh, we lost our job and we're financially insecure. Or um, I am quarantined with somebody and I didn't realize they had an addiction yeah. and we're struggling. Mm-hmm. Or um, I'm suffering from so much anxiety and depression during this time and I need help. Mm-hmm. I'm isolated and I need connection. Mm-hmm. So our group's task force, they not only kept the groups going that were existing already because connection to your group, people that you know is so important, but they also during this time launched hope groups mm-hmm. specifically designed to address some of these key issues that kept bubbling up to the top. And so people could find community in a time where people felt so isolated, they could engage and connect and find community. So those are the four um, task forces that we launched right away. And we just feel like it's such an important time. You know, I don't know if you saw the Barna research that came yeah. out just in the last couple of weeks, but it says that one in three people, Christians, have completely disconnected wow. from church. They're not watching online. They're not, They're not watching your They're service not, or anybody wow. else's. Yeah. They have completely disconnected. <laughs> and, you know, I think that that should be um, a little bit scary for us. As leaders, that should be very sobering. Um, That's not something to take lightly. I don't think that we should be fooled into thinking when things go back to normal and we open the doors to our church, everything is going to be just like it was before Mm -hmm. it's not. Things have changed forever. And I think that as leaders, we have to be intentional about not just waiting for people to come back to church, but how can we go after them? I I think one of the important things is on those uh, four areas that you're highlighting, Would you just highlight those again, those four areas? Sure. Our four task forces were church services and communications, congregational care, groups, and outreach. So all four of those things had to be shifted in terms of how that gets done Mm -hmm. in the church. Mm -hmm. And really, pastors need to invite other people into that uh, solution, right? Absolutely. not, Not just do it by themselves. But there, there are people they need to invite in to help them, no even, matter what size the church is. Even on our team, um, I thought that it was really interesting. We had people from our business office who joined the care task force, and they were making calls and checking on people. Everything shifted, and those four things became the priority for us. I think it's paralyzing when you feel like you have to address everything, mm-hmm. and I think it's important for leaders just to get clarity on what do we need to focus on right now. Those four things were key for us. Yeah. So we've all taken a punch in the face, <laughs> but we've got a counter punch. Yep. And uh, the the things we need to know right now is that there's an opportunity to be seized right. and there's a challenge to be addressed. The opportunity to be seized is, is outside the church. Mm-hmm. The challenges to be addressed in many ways are inside the family of God, inside mm-hmm. the church. And if we can think in those two ways... I've got two things to do right now. Yeah. I've got to I've got to face this challenge inside the church and and learn how to lead differently and 
I've got to, I've got to seize this opportunity. Yeah. Our congregation does outside the church. If we can just say, God, help us to do that. Those two things are really, I think, the priority mm-hmm. right now, Steve. And, and if we can uh, say, I'm not going to allow that punch that I've taken to mm-hmm. keep me from doing those two things. Right. I'm going to be about those two things yep. and trust the Lord to give me the wisdom I need for those two yeah, things. It would be powerful. Absolutely. You know, when I, when I think about that Mike Tyson quote, I, it reminds me of Matthew 16, 18 says, Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I build my church gates. You know, it's, it's punching. It's not just, the, I was watching a, a boxing match recently with my son and, and it was really strange because the, the one boxer that was getting beat, he just kept getting beat, getting beat. And, and there's, it, it seems so unnatural to, for a boxer yeah. to just sit there like and just get beat. And you're like, throw in the white towel, throw in the white towel. We're screaming at the TV. <laughs> you know, and I feel like it's so unnatural to watch the church, the body of Christ for overcomers to sit back and take punch after right. punch after punch. Where you almost, are we going to throw in the white towel? We have one in three that aren't coming to our church. Yeah. We have to get out on Let's the streets go after them. and be in the church. When <laughs> I hear Jen Rich, I, I see, man, you guys are punching, punching. Yeah. And, the, and the enemy is just like, he's throwing in the towel or he you know, yeah. wants to, I'm sure. And so, I, you know, I, I just, I think this is such an encouragement today to hear from you guys practical. I, I was curious, um, do either one of you have anything? Uh, maybe a pastor's listening today and, and, and he's still not quite convinced, you know, what would you say, what were your thought process? Because mm-hmm. really we're talking about a mindset change, right? From yeah. going from being on the defensive to the offensive. Yeah, yeah that's right. So what would, what would you say to a pastor out there going, I just don't know if I can pull this off. Yeah, I, I would say this, you use the reference of Ephesians 6 where we wrestle not. Then if you read and you go on further, it talks about we fight. Well, you're really talking about a wrestler and you're talking about mm, a soldier. Wrestler one-on-one, back in the day, they'd oil themselves up and they would fight to the death. He's not asking us to wrestle, he's asking us to fight. So then you, you think about that, that movie Gladiator, you know, and what they say, he says, if we stick together, we're gonna win this deal. I would say to that pastor, mm-hmm. you're not alone. Yeah. Look, I mean, I'm always, two questions I'm always asking in any season, what do I have and who do I have? When I can define who I have with me, mm. I realize it's like, okay, I don't have to carry this by myself. And even if it's just two or three people, you know, That's pastors good. might be listening to this going like, okay, I don't have a staff. Yeah. You don't need to have a staff. Yeah. Do you have two or three people that you can pull and say, here's what we're gonna do first. We're gonna pray. We're gonna start there. We need God. We need his wisdom. We need his power. We need his spirit. Let's do that. Let's let him speak. And let's pop the whiteboard out and let's get this thing figured out and then let's do it together. So I would encourage that pastor, you're not by yourself in this deal. Mm -hmm. That's what I would say. Don't do it alone. Yeah. Yeah, don't do it alone. Reach out to people in your church. Also reach out to some colleagues. Absolutely. Some other uh, pastors in your area. Because what I'm finding right now is that pastors really are connecting and they're calling each other and leaning in. We're having Zoom calls with lots of pastors (laughs) almost every day because pastors want to connect right now. What are you doing? How are you doing it? And I think that's an important word right there. It's really one of the most beautiful things I've seen come out of this is the collaboration among pastors from different churches, different Mm. denominations who are coming together and they're really... together. Yeah, and they they feel a love for reaching their city together and they're not going down without a fight. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. You know, Pastor, we were talking earlier today, and you referenced an A.W. Tozer quote that I that I love. Would you, Would you share that with us? Yeah, I love I love yeah. Tozer. Everybody knows that on my team. I just, uh, but one quote that he um, wrote was he said, "While it looks like things are out of control, behind the scenes there's a God who has not surrendered His authority." Mm-hmm. I take great comfort Amen. in that Amen. that God He hasn't surrendered His authority. It may mm-hmm. look crazy around us. Mm-hmm. 
but he hasn't surrendered his authority. And many times the chaos around us, can God can use that to bring clarity within us. Mm. Mm-hmm. Right, so let the chaos around us okay. right now. Will you say that again. Many times, yeah. the chaos yeah. around yeah. us yeah. will will really uh, allow uh, clarity to be birthed mm-hmm. within us. That's good, right? That's good. So, it, it, you know, we're all doing some serious soul searching right now. Yeah. We're all saying, God, how do you want me to go forward? So, yeah. let the chaos around you bring forth as you seek the Lord a new clarity within you. Is going to emerge, and uh, just know that when you refer to Jesus at Caesarea Philippi, where he mm. makes that declaration, "I'm going to build the church, and the gates of hell won't prevail against it," mm. he was standing right in front of this amazing backdrop, you know, to the to the God of Pan, yeah. and saying, and that's where we get the word panic. Actually, mm. is yep. from that story, and he was saying, you know, it, it doesn't matter the craziness of this world. Mm. It doesn't matter what the enemy may throw at mm. you. I'm giving you the keys to the kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. And I want you to know that it doesn't matter what you may face, a pandemic, okay. yeah. uh, whatever, don't panic right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. because I have given you the keys to the kingdom. Uh, I am building my church and the gates of hell yeah. will not prevail against it. it. The church, you can you can go all in on the church. That's yep. why I love the local yep. church yeah. because Jesus said the gates of hell won't prevail against right. it. And another quote by A.W. Tozer that I often say is, and I think it's appropriate right now, is a scared world needs right. a fearless church. Right. It is time for us to be people of faith Mm-hmm. And not be people who are who are living in fear, That's and right. not even be pulled into all of the the foolish debates that are going on right now, and the rhetoric mm-hmm. that is you know happening, all the arguments yeah. that are taking place right now. Rise above that, mm-hmm. and let's fight this fight with the spiritual weaponry that the Lord's given us, right. and let's serve our communities in the power of the Holy Spirit, right. and watch. I believe a reformation that's coming mm-hmm. to the church emerge. Absolutely. You know, when we talked about doing the CityServe podcast, we really wanted it to be a place of practical resource and coaching. And so I want to encourage you, if you're listening or watching this out there, um, we have some information of how you can get connected to farmers, to families, and many church, hundreds of churches across the country are getting connected to it, and also how you can connect to CityServe. We'd be glad, any of us would be glad to talk with you more. Um, I also want to say this. If you enjoyed this podcast at all today in the slightest, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. And most importantly, share it with a pastor or church leader who really needs it. Uh, There's a lot of discouraged church leaders out there. It doesn't have to be. We believe this can be a a real connecting point for pastors to share. So please, please share it. And uh, we are praying for you. And we're excited about that this time is, is a time to be on the offensive as a local church, not on the defensive So knock someone out today. God bless you. (laughs) Amen. Thanks for joining us for the CityServe Network Leadership Podcast. If you've enjoyed today's conversation, we invite you to share it with your team. And be sure to subscribe to this podcast, rate and review it on iTunes, and share it with your friends on social media to help others grow in their leadership as well. Once again, thanks for joining us for the CityServe Network Leadership Podcast.